one of the things that is important about La Trattoria is that we we sort of look at, at ourselves like a family. Um, and, and, and I think that's an important value, not only of Mexican cuisine, I think of many cuisines or maybe every cuisine. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. In 2012, the Australian culinary landscape was experiencing a Mexican food wave. But there were a few things missing. Mexican-born Gerardo Lopez especially lamented the lack of traditional corn tortillas. He got busy researching, testing, and eventually making tortillas from locally grown grain. The vision has since expanded from a small-scale side hustle to La Tortilleria, a factory that processes hundreds of tonnes of corn annually, sends tortillas all around Australia, and exports them to Asia too. It's a company built on pride, commitment, and the joys of maize. My name is Gerardo Lopez. Uh, I'm the owner, uh, one of the owners, sorry, um, and co-founder of La Tortilleria. Um, really, uh, what La Tortilleria is all about is, is and, and, and the reason why we started this company was to make a difference in the, in the, in the marketplace when it comes to Mexican food. Um, this is back in 2012 when Diane and I sort of, we were very excited about what we were seeing in terms of um, the Mexican movement changing in Australia. But we also felt like there was, there was still a long way to go. And they were like particular staples or iconic products uh, from Mexico that were needed. And one of them was the humble con tortilla. And so what we did is we, we sort of wanted to make the best con tortilla we, we could possibly do. And, and to do that, we, we went back to Mexico. We researched what, what would that be. Um, as a Mexican, I have to say that um, I was ignorant about what a good tortilla or corn tortilla was. I thought like hundreds of people or thousands of people think is that a good corn tortilla is made with corn flour. And I was so mistaken about it. Um, it's, it's actually made with... Um, uh, actual corn. Um, so to do that possible in Australia, we not only had to get all the machinery from Mexico, but we also had to source the corn in Australia. And and that's where the journey journey really started for us, um, is, is getting that um, corn uh, in Australia and then follow that ancient process that is more than 6,000 year old um, to make corn tortillas using the kernel. And I, and I think the best way of representing that is you know, everybody's familiar with coffee in Australia, but that's a movement also that started, you know, a few years back before that everything was Eastern coffee. So that's what we, that we said to do, you know, and that's what we wanted to change. We wanted to change the perception of what a good corn tortilla is and, and how good everything tastes on a good tortilla. Um, so, yeah, that's what, um, that's what we set out to do. Um, at the beginning, we had, um, the vision was that we would start in Kensington with, you know, our tortilla machine, making the tortillas there, but on the side we'll have a taqueria where people could sample some of those tortillas and, you know, uh, a retail shop where they could take some of those tortillas home. Um, and <laughs> Diana and I, we were like, well, let's see which one of the two businesses uh, takes off. You know, we were in the industrial area of Kensington, so, you know, we were like, this is better suited for the manufacturing, you know, of the tortillas. But, you know, weeks into the business, uh, both of them were 
booming and and we sort of face the the um dilemma of of needing to um you know go on opening um a, a, a bigger manufacturing uh facility to to bake our delicious tortillas and then expanding that little restaurant um in Kensington to be uh have more space and and offering more to people um and and yeah that's what that's where the journey journey started and now you know um we are about to open our second one um on the south side uh and it's just been driven primarily by demand corn is a foundation of mexican cuisine the crop that helped found civilizations and cities a tortilla made from corn must have good flavor excellent fragrance and great playability the worst possible taco experience is a torn tortilla i guess um in mexico um we we use a lot of corn right so and and that's a staple of of the diet of any mexican will be corn corn is is the foundation and corn is originally from mexico and and that's that's a one sort of uh crop that we think that you know gave rise to all those big civilizations in mexico like the aztecs and the mayans um and and tortillas is something that has been there for for millennia. We don't know how 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 long. In the chronicles of the Spaniards when they came to Mexico, there's a reference to something like a tortilla, um, uh, or what we know today as a tortilla. Um, I think the term tortilla it comes from from Spain, doesn't re- really come from from Mexico, but but it's basically a carrier, right? And in Mexico, we carry everything on a corn tortilla, um, and you know, when you put something on a on a on a corn tortilla, it becomes a taco, and we eat tacos of everything that you can imagine, everything. And a good corn tortilla is something that uh, a has to be flavorsome. You know, needs to needs to taste like corn because that's the main ingredient, um, and also needs to have playability. And that playability it comes not from the not from the process because corn doesn't have gluten but it comes from us particularly for our tortillas from keeping all the outer shell of the corn and gives a little bit of fiber extra fiber to to give this pliability to to the tortilla so it doesn't break there's nothing worse <laughs> that you know you having a tackle and the whole thing falls apart is <laughs> is not only embarrassing but you know it just deters from the from the whole experience of of um having a good taco so that to me is a good tortilla. It needs to, I think it's using all your senses really. It needs to needs to smell because tortillas are are a good tortilla is more than fifty percent humidity. So all of that will once you reheat it, all that will come into the steam of the tortilla. So that aroma will come out. It's all about the playability. You know, in your hands, you need to feel it. You need, it needs to feel like like a tortilla. Um, you know, it needs to look like a tortilla. Tortillas are not white. Tortillas are because corn is not necessarily white, and the nixamalization process, which is the ancient process that we follow, will change that color. Um, so really, this, the corn tortillas are very, very rarely um, white. So it, to your eyes, it needs to look like that, and to your taste, it just needs to taste like corn. Nixamalization is a big word for an ancient process. It's the technique by which dried corn is soaked in an alkaline solution to unlock nutrition and give tortillas their distinctive flavour and character. Nixamalization is a very ancient process. Um, and this process, as I said before, I think it dates uh, about five to 6,000 years old. And corn 
is 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 older than that. It's is is about eight to twelve thousand years old. Um, and and corn was originally domesticated by indigenous uh, Mexicans from wild grass. Um, and it was just this wild grass with you know had a little bit of um, you know some sort of a flowering with kernels coming out, very very small, very gentle ones. And you know they they you know they started to cultivate it and they started to um, you know play with it so that with time it just grew to be what we know now as corn and not to be confused with sweet corn and I'll get onto that um, later on but um, once corn was domesticated then um, humans were able to stay in one place they didn't have to be nomads anymore corn allowed them to you know build cities civilizations as mentioned um, but there was an issue with the corn um, the corn uh, once it, it dries it becomes very hard and yes you know that allows you to have the corn and keep the corn throughout the seasons throughout the year but it was very hard so indigenous mexicans what they started to do is started to to add wood ashes or started to add um naturally occurring lime um which basically you can find in the rivers so when you go to a river and there's that sort of like wide sort of trail uh, particularly when a, when a when a river is is low in the tide or it has um, dried up a little bit, you find that sort of white powder on the side. Um, that is basically what um, you know a naturally occurring lime is. So they started playing with all of that, and they found that by adding either one of those, they will get a a um, a softer corn at the end. And nixtamalization is nothing else than than do with that. So we boil the corn, um, we bring it almost to boil. We add the calcium hydroxide and then we let it rest. We sweep, we basically remove any heat sources and then we let it rest. Um, in Mexico, there's a saying that you put your corn, um, you start the nixtamalization at night and you don't wake up the corn until the next day when the roosters are crooked. Um, I don't know if crooked is the right word, but anyways, when the, when the rooster sings in the, next, in the, um, in, in the morning. Um, and, 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 and that's what it is. It's, it's just about allowing the corn to suck into, into that um, uh, calcium hydroxic um, or the natural occurring lime, sorry, natural occurring lime. And, and that allows to, soft, to soften the corn. But what um, indigenous Mexicans didn't know is that by doing that, they discover a way of making corn more digestible by our bodies. Not only is it easier to digest, but also is more nutritional because this nixamalization process releases the um, uh, essential uh, essential amino acids um, that are so good for your body and also additional calcium. So the whole process on its own, is, it suddenly became extremely nutritional. And that's the reason why when corn was taken into Africa or Europe and they didn't take nixamalization with them, a disease was developed that is called pellagra, which is basically an anemia. And it's because once they started changing their diets into corn, but not using nixtamalization, corn was coming in and going out. So it wasn't adding any nutritional value to the body. And that's what indigenous people have, you know, discovered for all of us. Corn ain't corn. Sweet corn and tortilla corn are both types of maize, but they're far from interchangeable. Gerardo talks about working with farmers to source the right corn in Australia. 
Corn in a, or maize uh, in Australia has been grown for, for many years, um, I would say decades, if not centuries, but has been used primarily for uh, cattle feeding and also for export. Very, very little was consumed for uh, human consumption. Um, so, so that process of trying to find it was uh, pretty hard because majority of the corn that we find in Australia is sweet corn. And sweet corn is not a cereal, it's a vegetable. It has its origins in maize or corn, as we know it in everywhere in the world. Um, but um, somehow its process and growing uh, was, was changed um, so that it's more tender and, and it doesn't have to grow to maturity. So basically they stop the process halfway. Um, and then that's that's how you consume sweet corn. But sweet corn is a vegetable. It's nutritionally deficient in many ways. Um, it tastes good, but it's not doing much to your body. Um, whereas maize, um, you know, is is the cereal. So it's the one that it trades as a com commodity as well and international markets. Now, in Mexico, there's more than 100 varieties of corn. And, you know, you can find all the colors of the rainbow and in between you know for all those different colors of, of corn um, it goes from like white to yellow to green to pink to red to blue to black to purple anything that you can imagine and they all have different properties the most common one is definitely uh, the white corn and the yellow corn but the most I think in my opinion the most uh, delicious, uh, but also the, the one that has the most um, nutritional value will be the blue corn. Blue corn is not currently grown in Australia, uh, uh, but we're working on a project to make that a reality soon. The corn that is grown from our tortillas, it, it comes from Queensland. Um, uh, Queensland border New South Wales. Um, I guess once you're there, you know, the borders are no longer, you know, a thing. Um, uh, inland, uh, in in um, in a region close to Casino, New South Wales, um, but more more towards um, Queensland. So that's that's where we get that's where we get the corn, uh, uh, you know, from different farmers that we basically on a on a yearly basis we agree to a tonnage of or a volume of corn that we're gonna get, and then we go we go and and source it, um, you know. For, I remember when we started La Tortilleria, you know, we we were doing maybe, you know, or aiming to do a ton of corn a year. Now we're doing, you know, 200, 200 tons, you know. So uh, the the demand for, for the corn has, it has grown exponentially because not only because of tortillas, but also because of tortilla chips uh, or tortopos as we call them. You know, there is, there is, there is, we have seen, um, you know, a growth in this market, um, over the years. Gerardo wasn't born to a life of tortilla making. He explains the circuitous journey that led to La Tortilleria. When I first told my parents um, that I was going to make tortillas, they were not very happy about it because they're like, oh, you know, all that, you know, uh, professional education that we gave you, <laughs> all, for, all for you to, to end up just making tortillas. Because in Mexico, because in Mexico, you know, making tortillas uh, is, you know, it's a tradesman. Uh, job, you know, you don't have to go to to uni, you know. So for them, it was it was a shocker. Um, no, I would, I, but I, would, I have to say, no, I, I never thought um, that's um, what I was gonna be end up doing. So um, I I left Mexico when I was um, 22. So that's 
now it's almost half of my life. It's actually more than half of my life that I've been living living abroad. So I first went to the UK. I went to London to um, get a master's degree. And then from there, I was recruited out from Los Angeles. So I moved to Los Angeles um, and I lived there for six years. Um, I have to say that LA, even though there is a, there's a lot of Mexican food, I, was in, I wasn't really uh, impressed with the Mexican food in LA. And, and, and really what happens is um, California has developed their own cuisine. Um, Mexico, Mexican cuisine is developed by different regions. Um, so every region will have their own sort of uh, food and we're very jealous and uh, about our own food. And, you know, we, we always think that whatever, in whatever region we're in Mexico, that's the best, you know. Whereas in California, suddenly all these Mexicans from different regions uh, found themselves there and they all have to adapt, right? They all have to adapt. And, and that's where Calimex cuisine comes in. And that's where burritos, for example, come from. They don't come from Mexico, or at least not the burrito that we know um, uh, 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 comes from Mexico. Um, so they develop their own cuisine. But I was in California and I was like, mm, this is not the Mexican food that I like. You know, this is not the Mexican food that I'm used to. So what I, what I started... Um, what I started doing is, uh, you know, cooking my own my own cuisine and trying to trying different things. Um, you know, having dinner parties and all that. Um, developed some recipes as well while I was there. And then, in 2009, um, I had the, I would say, the privilege of um, making it to the top of Mount Everest. Um, I've, I've climbing has always been my passion. I was climbing since I was 12 in Mexico. There's big mountains in Mexico too, um, and. That sort of prompted me to, when I was coming down, I was like, I need to change my life. I need something different. Um, and so I started looking at this side of the world as a part of the world that I've never been. And I requested my employer at the time if I could transfer. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure enough, we can send you to Melbourne. And I was like, Melbourne? Where is Melbourne? Uh, I thought it was a Sydney, you know, but I didn't know there was a Melbourne. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. So I... I've came to Melbourne and as, I, as, as soon as I landed in Melbourne, I was like, there is a gap here. You know, there is a gap when it comes to Mexican food. And, 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 and that's where, you know, that's how exactly La Tortilla started because we, we saw that gap. Um, my intention was never to um, leave my job. So I was doing this, that as a side, side hustle. I was like, oh, you know, we'll have the restaurant. And I was doing the first year of La Tortilla. I was still doing consulting for a multinational um, while still running La Tortilleria. So I never, it was never, it was never my intention to, to make this sort of my, my, you know, my, my, my life career to be a tortilla man. <laughs> One of the main things I guess I take from my previous career as a consultant is, is the uh, networking and, and relationship building. Um, which I think has been very important for, um, you know, growing the business of La Tortilleria. Um, at the end of the day is, you know, you need to sell your passion. You know, you need to sell that product, not only to the people coming through the door to the restaurant, but also to all the other, um, you know, restaurants and retailers that are using our product. So I think I think consulting, because it's, it's fast-paced, is, you know, ever sort of client-facing, you know, on a day you can... You know, be interacting with ten different clients, and they will need to be happy. Um, you know, I took a lot of that into into my day to day. You know, it's at the end of the day, there's so many stakeholders, and your 
in in a, the, the the beauty of the restaurant though compared to consulting not only restaurant restaurant and 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 hotel as well is that when you're doing consulting particularly in a field like information security is that people they're not generally happy when you finish a job because they're also doing the job right and they're doing the job for other reasons whether it's you know compliance or somebody told them to do it so they're like okay well thank you whereas you know when you're doing food you can see the reward right there in front of you when people smile or when people are having an attack and they're loving it. You're like, you know, what does it get better than that? You know, and, and they're going to leave your place, you know, happy and, and hopefully that, you know, permits to other, other places and other people. Whereas when I was doing consulting, it's just, it's just short leaf, if you know what I mean. It started small, but La Tortilleria tortillas and totopos corn chips are now found in every corner of Australia and as far away as Asia, driven by Aussie expat addiction. The tortilla brand is, is sold um, everywhere in Australia from, you know, I, I sometimes I, I get fascinated, you know, we can find them in, you know, Flinders Island, or we can find it in the Whitsundays. Um, uh, there is these random places that, that they normally get it. We also export into Singapore and um, Hong Kong. And I think it's, that has been driven primarily by expats uh, from Australia um, going over there and saying, hold on, hold on, you know, we know there's a better product in Australia. How, how about we get it? And there's a lot of, it's a lot of aggregation of products from Australia going into, into those places. So yeah, we just jump onto that. And, and yeah, we, 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 we also international. Yeah. And it's funny because it's, you know, it's a Mexican product made in Australia and, and sold overseas. Authenticity is an endlessly problematic concept when it comes to food. Gerardo explains what it means to him. Authenticity is, to me, is something that, that looks, tastes, feels as you remember it when you were growing up or when you visited a place, right? And therefore, authenticity could change a lot because, you know, my, my household will be very different to, you know, another Mexican um, in Mexico here in Australia. And, and therefore, authenticity for them is going to be very different to, to mine. So I think authenticity to me is as long as it has a connection back to, you know, that origin, that place of origin, then it is authentic. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be authentic. Um, and I think when that link is lost, that's when authenticity goes out of the window. And, and I think that's where, you know, places that selling Mexican food, but at the end of the day, they're doing Tex-Mex or Cali-Mex, they lose that authenticity, right? Because they should be calling for what it is. It is Tex-Mex, it is Cali-Mex, we're not doing Mexican, you know? Um, I think that's where, where things get a little bit sidetracked. The same way, you know, if you're doing fusion, because I think Mexican food is one of those ones that can be fusion very well with, say for example, Asian, you know? And if you're doing it, let's call it call it for what it is you know it is modern mexican or fusion mexican you know so yeah that's sort of my take on 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 authenticity but i have to say though that um mexican food in in australia is just growing at a very accelerated pace i remember you know when mamacita opened and when we first started la tortilleria i thought you know this is this is a mexican wave you know and and i think even the media was talking about the mexican wave and all of that and and you know look then after that the pan, the pandemic hit and then sydney sydney's going gangbusters like not even not even at the pace that uh, melbourne was going you know 6 or or 8 years ago 
And I think, you know, uh, Brisbane and Queensland will be the next, you know, and it's going to be even bigger. So this is, is it's like a never ending um, uh, wave. It's sort of like a building up into a tsunami sort of thing. And, and, and a lot of places uh, around Australia are doing very interesting things and very, I would say, authentic things um, in their own rights, you know. La Tortilleria is a family company in structure and in nature. It's reflective of a Mexican approach that Gerardo values in life and his business. One of the things that is important about La Tortilleria is that we we sort of look at, at ourselves like a family. Um, and, and, and I think that's an important value, not only of Mexican cuisine, I think of many cuisines or maybe every cuisine in the world is that a lot of a lot of them revolve around family, you know, and sitting down and, you know, eating, eating together. Um, and, and that's 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 one of the things that we always wanted to to do with with uh, Mexican. But that's also also something that has per- permitted into into the company where you know I think we all feel like a family. We are we are part of a family. We all have a role to play, uh, but we also have someone you know that is always going to be there to back us up or help us through the process. And 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 also that's what I think. What I feel like Chilpa is all about is is um, La Tortilleria Eatery, the one that we started in Kensington. It was, it's in an, it's, it, was, it was sort of this taqueria where we just wanted to have people on experience there where they come in, you know, have a taco, have some chilaquiles and then go. Whereas Chilpa is more about of a family style, you know, getting around the table, big tables, getting together because finally we have the space to do that. So that's what it is. I think La Tortilleria is, is a big family and it's a big family of... Um, not only us that work in, in the company, but also all our customers that support us, um, both, you know, home cooks, but as well as, you know, big chefs and, and people all over Australia. Owning a business means doing a bit of everything. Gerardo loves the endless variety and learning. I love the flexibility, uh, the flexibility of, um, you know, doing different things. And, and you know, today, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing IT, IT stuff, you know, at Chilba, but, you know, the day after tomorrow, I could be, you know, doing media. And the day after, I could be, you know, on a plane to um, uh, Nusa, you know, to visit some customers and make sure that they're happy, um, you know, or I could be working on a on new product. So it's just a flexibility and the constant sort of challenge of doing something new. Um, and, and I think the same applies to everybody in, in the company, you know, is that, is that continuous learning. And, and I think that's, that's, that's what is so cool about um, La Tortilla. Gerardo Lopez has brought a key element of Mexican cuisine to Australian homes and restaurants, giving cooks and chefs the opportunity to connect with ancient techniques and flavors using locally grown ingredients. The business continues to grow beyond anything he could have imagined but it's still built on humble foundations. The desire for a tasty carrying medium for taco ingredients that is also nutritious and, crucially, has structural integrity. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.